Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan, and as I always, I music. hate Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate you. Say your name. Oh, my name is Cody, and I like ska music, and Jordan hates ska music, and now we're starting from a very salty place. A salty place, ska music, and then you started drinking your Coke as I was speaking, and then gave me this look like, oh no, I didn't know we were starting the show. No, like, I gave you a look like, why are you, you I don't need to talk right Right now, you complain about my intros, so why can't I drink Diet Coke through <laughs> you yours? Because you... Uh, whatever. Whatever. Hello, guys. Welcome to another week. How are you doing, Cody? Well, I'm listening to Streetlight Manifesto right now while we record, and it makes me very happy. It's all pumped up and peppy. Okay, but the, the real answer to your question is there are two things going on in my life right now that we need to discuss briefly. You're the pregnant. first one... No. The first one is How to Train Your Dragons 3. Put a pin in that. The second one is I've started riding a motorcycle again, and Jordan... You talked about that last week. I don't care. I'm talking about it again. It's all I'm thinking about right now. I have a one-track mind. You're going to die on that 40-year-old motorcycle. It is 40 years old, and that's what I like about it. It's cool. It's unique. I painted it myself. I also bought a chain with a master link I do not have the tool necessary to install. So it's sitting in my dr- oh. in my garage. Okay, until I thought I you installed it without securing the master link, and I was just like, <laughs> "Bro, you're going to die." <laughs> no, that doesn't. That, it just wouldn't work. It would just fly. The chain would just yeah, fly off. Yeah, as soon as it starts, the chain would have went through and figure like cut off your leg or something. Like, holy crap, dude! No, no, no. I just I got to get this weird freaking riveting tool to put my it's chain just on. The thing and that like pops up in the um. Wait, no, oh, it's not. You don't have one of the okay. No, it's I don't not, know what those are called. I've done a lot of work on motors and chains and stuff for work. So. It's weird. It's like it's a sealed um, bike chain. So what it is, like there's rivets that you have to like mushroom the heads out of oh, in the yeah, chain yeah, yeah, to put yeah, the yeah. master link in. And it's like uh, a very specific tool that you have to like, they say to use calipers to like measure the crap and stuff. So yeah, well, you know, what? it means I couldn't ride my motorcycle today and I'm very sad about it. Well, I, it's 40 I'm years enjoying. old. You don't need to ride your motorcycle. Jordan, you should get into the hobby. It's very fun. Take yeah, I would love to ride a motorcycle that isn't older than I am. Yeah, you can, man. It's like Michael. 40. Um, it's 40. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but my point is that Michael that I work with is getting is thinking about getting a motorcycle, and he's going to drop. Oh, like what is $1, that? One eighty? Huh? A thousand dollars? Oh my gosh, we're engineers. No, what I'm saying is it's not that expensive to get into, and it's and that's like a well running motorcycle. Oh, okay. Also, I- motorcycles don't age like cars. Um, like my motorcycle has thirteen thousand miles on it. We talked about this last time. That's why I said let's move on. Anyways, I'm really enjoying riding a motorcycle again. Second thought, How to Train Your Dragons 3 was terrible, and Whoa. I am mad that it exists. Did Whoa. you watch it? Yeah, I watched. I told you. It was a show pile of garbage. It was terrible. Okay, I, I, I so... have qualms about it, but overall, I thought it was cute. What didn't you like about it? And I have better movies to talk about, by the way. The everything, mostly. But let me break it down for you. All right, so... Go. In How to Train Your Dragons 1, I love that movies. Also, I'm realizing I'm putting S's on yeah, things Yeah, I was, about, I was about to comment on the fact that you're putting an S on literally everything. Okay, so in How to Train Your Dragon 1, Ribbit's like, he's immature, he's not very confident in himself, and he does stuff to compensate Wait, for that. which one's Ribbit? His name's not Ribbit, it's Hiccup, sorry. Okay. A character in my story is named Ribbit. Spoilers. Um, anyways, Hiccup is 
he's insecure, so he makes stuff to compensate, right? He uh, makes a big crossbow. He tries to ride a dragon. He, like, is always inventing stuff to kind of make up for the fact that he feels like he's not good enough, right? Yeah. And then at the end of it, he kind of, like, matures a little bit. And he becomes more, like, self-possessed. He, like, realizes that he can be capable of things. He can, like, be a leader and stuff. And then in the second one, they Neville Longbottomed him. And he got hot. And then in the the second one, they Neville Longbottomed him. Yeah, he's like, you know, loser kids, you're not going to stay ugly all the time. You're going to turn into, like, a sex machine at age 15. Well, let me tell you, someone that looked weird, you just stay weird. And then you grow a beard. And then you look like a weird guy with a beard. You look like a Sasquatch, yes. Yeah. Um... So the second movie, it was like him becoming the chief, right? Yeah. His dad died. He had to become a leader. And him and Astrogoth or whatever her name is. Um, I don't I don't remember, so I'm just going to keep oh. silent. Astrid, it's Astrid. Astrid. I was, Astrid, yeah. I was making a joke. Well, Anyways, it wasn't good. They're kind of vaguely together at the end. Yeah. Um. Okay, great. The third movie, it's the exact same stupid arc for Hiccup. He doesn't change as a character. Like, at the beginning of the movie, everyone treats him like crap, no one respects him, and then he's like, I'm gonna gain confidence throughout the movie! And he, like, never has to. Like, he he needed to lose his dragon, not at the very end, and spend the whole movie without his dragon, but he didn't. He just was fine the whole time, and nothing he did made any sense. And I didn't realize he was the chief, because he didn't act like it. He just did random stuff, and then showed up and was like... I'm in charge, technically. Like, what? No, you're not. You don't act like you're in charge. And then Astrid's just there, like, smiling and nodding at him. And I can't—I couldn't tell they were dating the whole time. Do you know what's seriously true about this movie? He marries Astrid at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. He never says that he loves her. The whole well, movie. Well, you don't have to say that you love someone to marry them. You do mm-hmm. when you tell your pet yeah, dog that so. you love him. I don't think you so. You do when you tell your pet dog that you love him. He had Yeah, you more... can you can marry your pet dog in some states. My point is, he had more intimate, vulnerable moments with his pet dragon than he did with his wife. That is bad writing. The dragon's relationship with the girl dragon made more sense than Astrid and Hiccup. The dragons never because... said that they loved each other. How dare you? I think they I think they kind of growled it at each other. Mwah. You could infer it Mwah. while they were just <laughs> blatantly ripping okay. off Wally in every scene so, with the dragons. So I want to get to the stuff that I wanted to talk about, but here's what I'm going to say. I agree with you on some of it. Like, I I definitely agree. I thought it was cute. I think that you're not going to get the character development that you need or want in a kid's movie. That is something I will acknowledge as a challenge, yeah. is it felt like they stunted the growth of the character to make it relatable to young people, despite the fact that Hiccup should now be like 20. Yeah, he, he's definitely 20. But the second thing is there was a couple of the side characters literally had no arc at all. Like the one guy, yeah. the I think it was the short guy who was in love with his mom or whatever, just like yeah, stayed, just stays in love the with his exact mom. same. Like there was no character arc. He was just that annoying, stupid guy the whole entire well, time. There was no And there he kind of no stopped being a douchebag after the first Correct. movie. And then they just took and him right the back. S- yeah, and then the same thing with the twins. Like the one, this is what this is like the perfect thing to exemplify. Why I was annoyed at this movie. So you know how the one twin tied his beard? ponytails yeah. together to look like a fake beard. Well, like when he was fighting, his beard got his fake beard got cut, cut in half, half yeah. and he had the ponytails again. And then he just then tied the, it up again. At the end of the movie, he just tied it up again. I'm like, the whole point was that you should have gotten over the need for facial hair to prove 
that you are mature. You should have been able to be mature. Again, they're probably just trying to go for cute and funny in a kids movie rather than trying to actually what do they got <laughs> actually do a good was plot. Super awkward. Also, and this is the movie's fault that I'm going to say it this way. Everything was about maturing, right? And it was about maturity. Yeah. But it was also very much about mating. Yes. And I it was a think like it was like 50% about mating. The problem is then it's kind of 100% about mating. I mean... So it's weird because it's a kid's movie and all of the characters are... to tell your are... kids about how dragons mate. I think that's a perfectly good topic to have for your kids. Like, these dragons gonna bang. Um, my mom's gonna listen to this crap. <laughs> and I don't actually fully disagree with you. I think handling the realities I was just joking. of... Well, no, no, no. I mean, no, I mean me that out, part of it, yes, but uh, yeah, you you say your stuff because I'm just gonna make more stupid jokes. Basically, the movie's about the realities of courtship and how it affects your life, right? Yes. The problem is for Hiccup, it freaking didn't. He made no effort with Astrid. No, he didn't. She was just with him. He did nothing to further their relationship, and she just stayed with him. Like Toothless had to like leave and become his own dragon. Hiccup didn't freaking do that. It's and what kills me is this is basically the story that's in Superbad. This is the movie Superbad. Oh, God. With dragons. That's yeah. all it is. Okay. And Superbad was better. <laughs> Can I just... I'm sorry. I'm going to, you know, drop another thing that you're not going to like. But I didn't like Superbad in the least bit. That's fair. I thought it was um, really, I think there's, really dumb. And I don't like I Jonah Hill or a, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah is terrible. That, that does make it tough because it is very much their humor. But I think that's one of those movies. I, I understand why you would say that, and I kind of agree. Um, it's dumb dumb humor on its surface. And if that like turns you off, it does. I think it's hard to see the stuff behind it that I think is really good. Cause I think the movie did a good job about like showing that the two characters who were in love in this movie were Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill. They were like very intimate and vulnerable with each other. They talked about their feelings and they needed each other. But then like part of maturing was that they had to like, oh, we want to go date girls. That kind of means we can't be with each other anymore in that way. Like we have to have this type of relationship with a girl that I'm scared of, you know, yeah. like they were both scared of you, these you girls. You just turned that they're trying super to bad into a deep movie and it's not. It it's is. Not. It is. No, it really is. Like, I think the end of the movie where they're both like I love you, man. getting to go. Well, they're both getting to go on a date with girls that they like, but they're sad about it. Cause they're like, this friendship's not going to be the way it is right now anymore. Like well, that's and honestly, you say that. Yeah, you're right. No, how to treat your dragon Two was like a, it was, it was very much the plot of super bad. It was the plot for Superbad. I mean, Superbad did it better. Yeah, okay. Which should never be said. I know, it should, it should not. I do not condone what you just said. Um, but anyways, so that so you watch How to Train Your Dragon 3. You watched the kids movie and got upset. <laughs> Old I man did. yelled That's into the I wind. Loved, I loved the first two and they're kids movies. They are kids movies. And I'm fine with kids movies. And I'm movies, fine with them too. I'm not saying don't watch kid movies, but I'm saying... Don't get your hopes too high for a kid movie, kids movie to be super nuanced because it's not always going to be super nuanced. It's not. But How to Train Your Dragons 2 did it. Yes. It was and nuanced. I, I, under, it was I understand great. that they can hit the mark sometimes, but it's not always going to be that. So when you come into these, you have to expect that sometimes you're just going to get a movie that's just fun for kids. Mm, I hold these things to higher standards. Kids deserve better. I mean, they do. They, Of course they do. And I know you meant that as a joke, but they do. No, I don't mean that oh, as a okay, joke I was about to say, yeah, I'm no, being fully yeah, no, serious. No, 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 no. They, they definitely do deserve better and deserve like more nuance. Like, you can't... 
Because kids understand a lot more than we think they do. It's an impressionable time when you should be learning like lessons and they have to be done in a simple way. They might need to be dumbed down a little bit. Yeah. Rounded over some of the like horrible edges, you know, I understand that you're not going to talk about like the horrible depravity that was the Viking times. And like everyone was starving and dying and raiding just to keep alive and stuff. We don't need to cover that. That's okay. And the whole thing about blood Eagles is effing terrible. (laughs) Right. It's like, we don't need to cover that. I understand a blood Eagle in a kid's movie, but it's like, the show Adventure Time had a similar episode to this. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah. Jake the dog had kids yes. and he had to like leave and go and be a dad for a while and it changed him. And Finn then had to like learn to have a different relationship with his best friend. And that's a good story to tell. That's a great story to tell. They did a they did a bad job. They should do okay. better. Okay. Anyways, what's the movie you watched? I am interested. I'm sorry. No, I talked no, no, it's fine. I, I because we, we we did not get to talk about it like to this extent, so I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, the movie that I watched just came out in theaters a little bit ago, and is probably again part of the series of the best action movies I have ever seen in my life. No, I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm I so won't bad. say. I will not spoil anything, but it is amazing. It's parts of it. There was one like long action scene that I just didn't care about, and the actress. I can the actress who that. was in it, which I'm just going to give you that hint, hint, hint right now. The actress who was in it was kind of, I didn't like her acting at all. And I thought her motivations were kind of dumb. Who is the actress? Holly, like the person. Holly Berry. Not... Oh, I didn't, did I realize she's she was in, in, the, in she's it? She's in I didn't the realize she yeah. was in it. But I, I didn't okay, like her. I knew but that. Other thing. than that, John, oh, by the way, did I ever say what I thought? John, no, you didn't. John, John Wick, Wick 3, obviously. John Wick 3 was amazing. It's, it's right in the lines with the other ones. Like, there are... Things that, you know, kind of doesn't, it's not ever going to top the first one. Or honestly, I thought the second one was a little bit better than the first one, whatever. Oh, the second one yeah, was the my favorite. Was, I loved I it. I thought it was perfect, fell right in line. The action was amazing. There was some crazy stuff that John Wick can, like the movie series John Wick can only get away with because others say, oh, that's so dumb. But no, it was dumb, but fantastic. And some of the kills were just amazing. Others of them was like, oh my God, why? But it was so good the thing for me was just how much of a fairy tale it was like they kind of nod at it when they call him straight up call him baba yaga yeah and that that fits but the whole movie if you kind of like take away the gun gun foo-ness of it it just fits a fantasy story it's like so good it feels like a fable you know and i love that the setting and they're they're slowly fleshing out the world which like, it's great. I'm glad they're fleshing it out. But also, I, I want it, but I also don't want it because I feel like it will ruin the story. I want them to go back and tell some of the stuff that happened before because they, like, drop all this stuff. It's like, oh, you did this. You did this. It's like, give me more. Give, give me a lot more. I don't really know what's going on in this world, so please tell me more. But also, if they do prequels, it will ruin the mysticism of this movie. Yeah. This, it's so good. So I, I that, love but, that John Wick. Yeah. I I love that he's a character that it's just like the name, and then everyone's like, shoot, oh, not God, him. John, like, yeah, no, he really is the boogeyman, and it is fantastic. Yeah, and just the whole the whole thing around him is so good. And then I saw another movie, another movie that's new in theaters. Would, did you see? Did you see Dark? No, Phoenix? I didn't. That came out today. That literally oh. just came out. It's like going on as we're talking. 
Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm I sorry. saw Brightburn, <laughs> the um, if Superman was evil movie. Oh yeah, was that? Worth I it? mean, I will wait till it's on DVD. Yeah, it's kind of. I want to see John Wick in theaters, and I doubt yeah, I'm gonna you, get you to. But to see I, John I saw Wick the thing theaters. for Brightburn, and I yeah, was like, Bright, Brightburn nah. was fine. Um, some of the like stuff in it was extremely graphic. Like, I don't like, go- I don't yeah. like gore that much. And there, you already see in the trailer, but there's a scene where she pulls the piece of glass out of her eye, and that's just like, ooh, <laughs> Did I- stop it, just stop it. Did I tell also, you she about does it the slowly. If you that. have like something in your eye, you're gonna pull it out quick. I'm gonna leave it in because I oh, know yeah. the basics. Of yeah, first I mean, aid, but, like, right? but still, the show would do like looking and doing like all slow. But no, if someone had that reaction, you would rip that out like immediately. Um, but no. So I went and saw Hellboy with Mandy, which was terrible. The movie are um, going to like her watching that movie. It was a terrible experience. Both. It was a bad movie, and her seeing it was bad because there was a lot of stuff with getting stabbed in the oh, eyes, ew. and it and she's not okay with yeah, eyes no stuff. one is no one is and okay with eyes. No one's okay with people getting stabbed in the eyes. I'm fine I can't, with it, but I just can't. It's so it's like, and it like started in the trailers, <laughs> so it was like before the movie even started, someone was ripping glass out of their eye, and then all of Hellboy was people getting stabbed in the eye over and over and over again. So it was it was not good. It was not a good movie going experience no, for us. No, it doesn't sound like it. Also, Hellboy be better. Yeah, Come that on. is You're, that's one, one of the that best should comic be books better ever written. Because they have the um, source um source material, so they should be clearly better with it. Like they already have the story written. Why why are they failing at this? Yeah, like, right. Just, do, just like do the story. He's like, what are you doing? And it kills me too, because Hellboy has a cast of four people, and it just takes place on an island that looks like an island, and they still screwed that up. So whatever. They added stupid crap. It, yeah, we, 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 we Jordan, don't have we to. Can't it's talk it's about time this. to get to the show. Brightburn was fine. John Wick it was is. amazing. And Cody hated How to Train Your Dragon 3. Is that, I did. Is that the summary I did. of today? That's a summary okay, Cody, today. So um, last week was our first part of our story episode two weeks ago we pitched stories to each other last week we did um the first part the first chapter i guess you could call it of the stories which was pretty much like the expositional layout of what's going to happen in the rest of the story so we're gonna not roll for once in our lives and we're gonna go and just start we're just gonna gonna keep keep the order order because if we we change it up that might be a little bit confusing if someone's going through the episodes so cody's gonna start what I'm going to request from you, just a brief summary of your story. Yeah, I was planning on kind of giving like the last, last time. time. So Alan. last time we were we were introduced to a character called Alexis. She is relatively new in her school. She's been there for a couple months. Um, she, when the story started, she the previous night had seen a goblin in the forest behind her parents' house. On her way home, she stopped in the forest and met an old lady that she assumed was like a uh, a hobo that was living in the forest behind her house. Uh, she introduced herself as old Deb, an adventurer, and uh, invited Alexis to go on an adventure with her, basically to just wander freely through a magic land. Uh, Alexis refused, but couldn't get to sleep that night because she regretted missing the opportunity to go on an adventure. Um, so she returned to the forest, met back up with old Deb, and has gone on an adventure. So that is where we left okay. her. All right, Jordan. Yeah, I'm ready. Lay it on me. Talk for your 40 minutes. We walked for longer than should have been possible. Actually, sorry. The sorry, forest sorry, sorry. behind my Can house. Can you do just the, do you have like a chapter name or anything or like the title of it? Just a Part okay. two. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't give this a good chapter name. The whole story is called Wanderlust. That's pretty good. This is called Wanderlust. Part two. We walked for longer than should have been possible. The forest behind my house was really not very big. I mean, it was like the size of a park. But all the same, Deb and I walked for hours. 
through dense wood. As we went, I felt the temperature change and shift. The stormy feeling of competing air dwindled as we went. It was turning cold, and I began to shiver. I wish we had a torch like the goblin. I might have... It might have kept me at least the slightest bit warm. The trees began to change, deciduous trees sliding into evergreens covered into snow. It grew lighter. Eventually, I was walking in a snowy forest with light falling all around me through the trees. Uh, hey, old... (laughs) I mean, uh, Miss Deb, I know we are wandering, but where are we going? And do you have, like, a spare cloak or a bearskin or, like, a... no tunic I could borrow? <laughs> First off, my name is Old Deb, not Miss Deb. You can call me Old Deb. I know I'm old. <laughs> and secondly, do I have a cloak, a bearskin, or a snow tunic? Um, no. But I do have this. She slung her massive pack off her shoulders and began to rustle around looking for something. She pulled out a faded hoodie and handed it to me. I think this might suit you better than a bear skin, child. Also, if you ever meet a bear, maybe don't let your first impulse be to skin it. They take a lot of pride in their hides. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Thanks. I just, I, I guess I didn't think there would be hoodies in a magical land. Well, a goblin didn't make that. I brought it with me. <laughs> Wait, are you from, uh, Earth? No, no, dear, I'm from Mars. You see, long ago, I crashed my flying saucer in a desert. From there, I morphed myself into an old lady so I would fit in with the humans. You see, my true form has six arms and two mouths, eye stalks and wet, scaly skin. So to hide my true form, lest, so I had to hide my true form lest I terrify the humans. You can shapeshift? That's incredible! What can you turn it? Old Deb was grinning at me, and she seemed like she could hardly contain her laughter. That, that was a joke, right? You're, you're not a shape, you're not a shapeshifter, are you? I am from Nebraska. I got here the same way you did. Walked into a forest. Just never saw much reason to stop my travels. Still don't, for that matter. She sounded grumpy, kind of like she was trying to convince me and herself. So, camping is not what I had expected, or what I had really hoped for. Mostly, it's just friggin' cold. Like, okay, so I get it. It is winter, for some reason. And I get that means it's gonna be a little bit chilly. So I thought, okay, we make a fire, now it's warm, right? Well, wrong. What happens is, the half of you facing the fire is really hot, and the half of you facing away from the fire, freezing cold. Also... Also, let's talk about making a fire. It's actually the worst. I figured you just grab a bunch of sticks, rub them together, boom, you have a fire. Well, no, that's not the case. We had to find dry wood, whatever that is, then pile it up just so, and then Old Deb didn't even rub sticks together. I tried, and she just smiled and laughed, rustled in her backpack, pulled out a small black stone. It was smooth, but it had these little cracks running all around it. She held it up to her lips and whispered something, then blew out. A, rip qua- a whip crack of fire shot from the, sp- from the stone into the s- small pile of dry leaves and sticks. Just like that, I saw magic for the first time ever. Old Deb seemed like she didn't even notice. She just stowed the odd cracked stone and warmed her hands by the fire. The evening passed. 
Old Deb made coffee again, and uh, I drank melted snow. I slept under the stars for the first time, half freezing, half burning, with Old Deb's snores keeping me awake. I would have said that I did not sleep, but I was started awake by a grotesque snuffling sound. My heart started racing. In the dying light, I could see through my cracked eye the goblin. It had to be the same goblin, and he was robbing old Deb. He was going through her backpack. He found some food. He was sitting by the fire roasting it, probably an appetizer before he was going to eat us. The firelight cast his face into a nightmare image. The heavy, sallow green bags under his eyes and wrinkled, hooked, long, thin nose chilled my blood even more than the snow. But something snapped. I'm an adventurer now. I could not just sit by and wait for this thing to eat me. I still had my flashlight. It was heavy. Basically a club that could light up. I remember my dad bragging about it. He said if anyone ever broke in, he could blind them and club them at the same time. I took his advice. I sprung to my feet and turned on the dazzling light. Oh, hi, my name is... I clubbed him over the head before he could say anything else. Oh! Oh, what? Oh, stop it! Stop! Debbie! Can you get this girl off of me? I'm... I am not gonna let you eat me, I said as I continued to bash him over the head. Eat! Ow! Deb, wake up, you old hag! Old Deb rolled over slowly and sat up and looked over right as me and the goblin were wrestling over the flashlight. She did not spring to her feet or cast a fire spell at the goblin or say anything. She just yawned. Coffee first! Debbie, she is coffee first, ribbit! The goblin sighed and just locked his arms. Well, we might as well wait. This is going to be a production. Ribbit, don't sass me back. The coffee came from the top of the Ever Jungle Mountain. I swear, I will gnaw your ears off if you tell me one more story about your coffee. Old Deb flapped her arms at the goblin and just kept making coffee. It was indeed a production. She kept pulling out devices and objects from her pack, clearly magical and set about grinding and brewing her coffee. I relaxed and sat back down, starting to realize Old Deb apparently knew this goblin. Now that I was not panicked, Ribbit, I assume his name was, was actually kind of a friendly-looking goblin. He lounged back against a log, pulled out a pipe from his pocket, snapped his fingers, and lit the end. I looked down at my shoes and held out my hand. I was sitting, which made us the same height. He looked at my hand and smiled. He took it in a firm grip. I could feel calluses on his hands. And also a few extra joints. Hi, I'm Alexis. Sorry I clubbed you in the head. I thought you were a goblin. Um, I mean, you, you are a goblin. But I thought you were an evil goblin or that goblins were evil. Well, that is the worst hole I've dug myself into in quite a while. Well, hello, Alexis. I am Ribbit. Yes, like the noise a frog makes. And please don't worry about the clubbing. I promise you, I have had way worse. Why, back a few years ago, I was wrestling a fully grown bear mage. And you sounded pretty scared when you were yelling at me, yelling at me to wake up. And you were wrestling for your life. Also, stop trying to impress the girl. You've never wrestled anything. 
Old Deb interjected while still mixing, whisking, and enchanting your coffee. Debbie, how dare you call me a liar? I have never been so hurt. Anyway, don't listen to that old hag. She's so grouchy, even the gnolls don't like having her around. I assume you are new to this land. Did you also come from Nebraska? Uh, no. No, I came from New Jersey. Well, I mean, it's still Earth, so kinda. We're from the same country. But that's not Nebraska. We're both from the USA, which stands for... Anyway. Yes. And you were the first goblin I met, so I got scared. Um, but... That was because I thought you were going to eat us, so I clubbed you. I stopped talking when I realized that I implied he eats humans. He just patted me on the shoulder. Don't worry, I only eat dead humans. I just stare slack-jawed, and Ribbit laughs. Are you done yet, Debbie? I did come to talk, not just to eat your food. My name is Old Deb, not Debbie, you horrible creature. Now then... Yes, I am done. She takes a loud sip, sighs, smiles, and reclines. All right, what do you need, old friend? I was just heading back from the Fort of Infinite Horrors. I was walking through the forest curse, and then I saw it. Debbie, it was as tall as a mountain walking, and it was coming from the coast inland. It was a kraken. I know you are a liar, but don't joke about this. Did a troll scare you? Do I need to go have a talking to with another troll, Ribbit? Deborah Mayweather Smith! Old Deb gasped. Apparently using her full name was a big deal. Have you been telling trolls not to bully me again? That, that is not the point. I saw a kraken. The ground shook when it stepped. A trail of slime and pestilence behind it. It turned the forest cursed into a stagnant wasteland. I mean, the cursed forest would have already been a wasteland, right? Hey, I was born there. It is both beautiful and macabre. Also, dear, don't call it the cursed forest. You sound like a tourist. It's the forest cursed. Old Deb's voice changed. She seemed serious for the first time. Before, she'd always seemed like she was trying to needle someone. Now she sounded afraid. Ribbit, if you saw what you say you saw... We have to go find it. We have to be sure. We have to stop it if we can. Dear Goblin, last time a kraken surfaced from the endless sea, it nearly destroyed this land and everyone in it. It is still debated how that creature was ever stopped. I know. That's why I came looking for you, Debbie. I was afraid. That thing, it was too big to exist, too big to be here. We have to stop it before it starts to eat or grow or... Destroy something. Well, pshh. Old Deb and Ribbit turned towards me. They seemed to have forgotten I was there. I guess I'll just head home then. We can wander later, so no need for me to stay, right? I mean, I'll just, I'll just be going. Old Deb looked sad. Remember I told you to bring a light so you can always find your way home. Turn on that light of yours. Confused, I did as she asked. The light was brilliant. And, ma- <clears throat> and, the dying- and made the dying light seem darker. But when I clicked on the light, a trail of flickering and dancing lights led away from the camp. That'll take you back home. Back to- That'll take you back to the nearest path to your home. Like I said, always have a light and you can get your way back home. Old Deb sniffed. 
You know, many people imagine magic is complicated, that it follows rules. This land is beautiful, dear, because magic is simple. It lives in everything. It's elegant. Follow your path and leave this kraken to me and Ribbit. We should be able to figure something out. Yeah, of course we can. Nothing can stop Ribbit and his sidekick, the (laughs) terrible hag named Deb. It felt wrong. It was wrong. I know it was. But I backed away from the fire, from old Deb and Ribbit the goblin. There was no reason for me to stay. I could not help. Old Deb had all those magic things, and Ribbit was a goblin. They could handle themselves. And I never should have come here in the first place. I don't even know what this place is called. But I know... I did not want to be here anymore. Leaving was the right thing to do, but as I backed away from the clearing, something was just so wrong. Old Deb and Ribbit looked so sad and afraid. They had this far-off look in their eyes. It wasn't just fear, it was hopelessness. Right as I turned, I saw Ribbit reach up and take Old Deb's hand in his. They looked at each other with a faint smile and both started to walk away. It was true, whatever magic was in my flashlight was elegant. I mean, I didn't know anything about magic or how it worked, but each time I clicked it on, the mag light would create a faint trail of dancing lights that would lead me on the easiest easiest path forward. As I walked, I saw breathtaking beauty, even if it was still and covered in ice. Small streams running through the forest, painting little green trails, birds fluttering around and singing to each other. I climbed gently up. It grew colder and quieter, peaceful. A quiet brought on by deep snow. I stopped and turned, looking back on the mountain I had begun climbing almost unwittingly. It was high enough that the trees had begun to thin, and for the first time I saw a vista of whatever magical land it was that I had found myself in. It took my breath away. This place is too perfect to feel so real. But it was. And it was where Deb and Ribbit lived. This was their home, and it sounded like it was going to be destroyed by a kraken? I sat in the snow and finally admitted to myself what I must have always known. They could not stop it, and it was coming to destroy this place. They would, dr- they would try, but they would die. I started to cry. I didn't want to abandon them. With shaking hands, I clicked on my dad's mag light. Lights danced into life around me. They showed me a path leading to a small cave on the, other s- <clears throat> on the side of the mountain. I could feel warm air coming from that cave. I could feel a difference in pressure. Wind warring to blow in different directions in the same place. I could feel my home. I turned away from the cave. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the flashlight in my hands felt <clears throat> began to grow warm. Dancing lights that had led me ho- that had led me to a path home swirled around me. I closed my eyes and thought, "Take me to Old Deb. Take me to Ribbit. Take me to the Kraken. I have friends and I need to help them." I opened my eyes and started to run. Before I could even see the path, I was already moving, each footfall being guided by luminescence. My heart began to race with the joy of motion, and I found a perfect rhythm. The magic in the light guiding me and pressing me to stretch my strides and run faster. There's an unexplainable joy to running flat out down the side of a mountain. I knew I was running towards danger, but I was also running to reach people I cared about and that I could help. I felt euphoric until I found the trail of what must of what must have been the Kraken. I was running on light and bright feet through a deep and dark forest, leaping and dodging around streams and branches. Then it ended in a dark blight. I was brought up short. The trees had been leveled in a massive swath. I had run into the edge of what looked like a massive brush stroke. 
tarished and tainted, the forest had simply been painted out of existence. When I stopped, the light swirled around me for a moment and then led me straight down the ugly scar in the landscape. As I began to run again, I wished I was not alone, that I could have had the comfort of a friend. I kept running despite my growing dread. Seeing something appear over the horizon as I ran did not make me feel much better. At first, I just thought it was a hill, then a mountain. Then I could see it moving. I could see arms slowly swinging as tentacles writhed on the ground. At a distance, really, it looked like Ursula from The Little Mermaid moving in slow motion. That is what I was thinking as I got closer. That was until I heard a shout. Alexis, what are you doing here? It was old Deb. Seeing her almost brought tears to my eyes. She looked ruffled. She had some bruises. She had some blood. And she was covered in the greasy slime that was left by the kraken. Ribbit clung on her shoulders and was digging in her bag. Uh, the light brought me back here. I never should have left. I'm sorry. I I came back to help. Now just tell me what to do and you fool, I told you to go home. What can you do here? Deb, if we're going to do this, it has to be now. Ribbit pulled out a spike with a chain hanging from it. This is the last one. We have to activate the trap now. Don't move, girl, and don't get in the trap. What? Deb took the spike and shoved it into the ground. And then blinding white flashes uh, began to pop as Lynx appeared, interlocking to form a snaking chain that flew into the air. In the distance, other trails of popping lights began to fly up as well, meeting and interlocking and sprouting more chains. It was like watching a massive basket weave itself. The heavy chains began to surround and eventually hide the Kraken. I could still hear its roars, but it looked like old Deb and Ribbit had saved the day. You did it! You two were amazing! What are those things? That was the last trick we could try. Every other magic trap, trick, and attack failed, Ribbit said. If those chains snapped, we have nothing else to try. Well, I mean, they look pretty strong. You guys... I heard a terrible squealing sound, like a thousand nails on a chalkboard. Run, girl! Quick! I looked up and saw a massive arm breaking free from the chains and slowly started to swing. I'm not sure why I, sh- I should have. I'm not sure why I should have run. It couldn't have possibly reached us or so I thought it was impossible to imagine how long that arm was. It moved so slow, but by the time I realized it was going to hit us, running could not help. I tried anyways. The ground shook and I could feel tremors chasing me as more and more of the arm collided with the ground. There was no escape. I woke to total darkness. That is the okay. end of part so two. I, have, I wrote notes this time rather than just drawing pictures, but I did draw a picture of um, the goblin being struck on the head by a club because that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I think that's the biggest <laughs> laugh I had in like five episodes. <laughs> I'm glad okay, you so liked it. I thought notes. that was pretty um, fun. Old Deb reminds me of every Ghibli movie old woman. Yeah, it's it's that same kind of <laughs> yeah, style of yeah, like, yeah, old they're, but they're... still sassy, I guess. Um, yeah. Also, right. when she was younger, was she originally called Young Deb? These first notes, these first notes are the jokes. If they were gonna get to the right. Um, <laughs> yeah. When she was younger, she called Young um, Deb. <laughs> one, I think you could have done this in five pages, but I did enjoy that you fleshed out your characters a little bit more. Yeah, that was the prop. Well, well, well. Yeah, I'll I'll let you finish your notes, but you're not wrong. And well, well, one one thing I want to throw out is that you're going to hear the difference between quote unquote a discovery writer and then 
quote, um, <laughs> someone who has already fleshed out the story completely. Because I can tell, like, your whole brand of quote-unquote discovery writing, like, I can tell you discovered certain things as you went through. Like, you expanded upon things that, as you wrote, rather than just having yeah. a as I did. It's, it's, you'll, you'll, I think... For the audience, you will hear a very different style. Well, and of for me, like the trouble is, and I mean, I kind of said this with your story that it like doesn't actually lend itself to a short story. Um, oh, really? Well, yeah. That like the point of this is that it should be a like massive and deep place full of things. But then there also eventually has to be a conflict that gets overcome. Look, dude, we suck at building worlds that can be done in five episodes. Well, I mean, it's just like short stories aren't really the place for like really in-depth world building. So some things I kind of like... Had the yada yada. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just kind of mention but not go into a lot of depth. But there was also a need for the characters to be at a certain point by the halfway mark of the story you know? <laughs> that's exactly why i montage so hard at the last episode where it's just like and then this happened and then this happened next this happened holy crap um but i also wanted there to be like time for introspection on the part of alexis to like realize why she was bothering to stick around and yeah yeah, yeah. that's the part that always feels rushed to me is that like Ideally, it would be better established that she had a connection with Deb and this goblin, that she thought of them as friends, but that had to be yeah, done that very they went quickly. On more of an adventure. Yeah, I could understand. Right, but that's not really an option when it's like needs to be done kind of quickly, you know? So, yeah. And I mean, maybe one day we'll have to do like, we could do like a two parter, have like a couple weeks where we do a story, then come back and do a couple more weeks. Like, it doesn't have to just be four weeks. Maybe we'll, we'll figure something out in the future. Experiment time. Um, other notes, um, I just said city girl, aren't you? <laughs> Referring yeah. to Alexis. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, oh, and then right before you said that she whacked him over the head, I wrote down, is she going to straight murder this goblin with a sword? And that was before the club and anything came into view. It was like, oh, I'm an adventurer. It was like, oh, she's just going to murder him, isn't she? <laughs> um, and then I said, Ribbit. You mean hiccup, right? <laughs> that I came up with the name Ribbit before I watched How to Train Your Dragons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I, a comment that I always make fun of on you is I said you are a liquidy person, aren't you? Because you did a lot of like the <laughs> while you're talking. It's <laughs> like I'm gonna have to edit the next day. I said you must be super glad that I edit you to sound good. <laughs> oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> I'm kidding. You sound fine. And then um. My name is Old Deb. Like, my <laughs> name is Moana. That's what you said. My name is Old Deb. So, serious notes now. It definitely changed. This was, I wrote these as I was, like, listening. But it definitely seemed for the like, first half of it a little bit more focused on the other characters than your main. But I think that you pulled that. I think that you pulled that into, like, be a good part of the story that you kind of, fle- like I said, you fleshed out the characters a little bit more. And that, that turned out really good. I like that a lot. Um, I really like your version of magic. I like that it's simple, but you can do crazy things with it. But it's just like, oh, yeah, magic's not so hard. You didn't set out like 50,000 rules for magic. You just threw in magic. And I, I like the way it was introduced, and I like the way it was used a lot. Um, oh, I really liked um, Alexis's, or Lexi, whatever you want to call her. I liked her character arc. I liked the, you know, you start out with an exciting adventure. You're kind of confused. You're, like, enamored by the world. But then you hear of a trouble, a struggle happening. You're just like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. And then going and 
kind of seeing the rest of the world and be like, no, this is something that is like is beautiful and this is my friend's home. I want to help them protect this. And then going back and then at the same time seeing the nightmare that is the Kraken. So I, I like that character arc that you kind of threw it through. Yeah, and that was why the part that was more focused That's my on, last note, by the way. The part that was more focused on Ribbit and um, Old Deb was giving that, her a reason to come back. Well, it was giving her a reason to come back, and it was trying to make the world feel like there was something worth investing in. It wasn't necessarily that they cared about her. It was seeing that there were people that cared about each other that were friends that were going to go and do something dangerous that she had abandoned. Um, this would have been much better if it was like seeing a very vibrant, alive world with people like having families and connections and communities that are threatened by this Kraken. But instead, what you see being threatened by the Kraken is these two, um, this goblin and this old woman who are very good friends and who care about each other and are now going to try and stop it. So that's where it gets a little bit more shaky from like, well... The story needs to be at this point by this point, so it kind of just has to get there. Yeah, yeah. And I trust me, like I said, for my story, I cover a lot of ground in five pages, right? Almost five pages. I cover a lot of ground in five pages in a lot of that, like having to kind of just pull in so much to get to, <laughs> to get to the point that I want it to. So I do, like I said, like you're going to hear, I do a lot of the quote unquote yada yada-ing. I do a lot of those like drawings, like, okay, and then this happened, this happened, now we're going to have a scene, and then this happened, this happened, now we're going to have a scene. So yeah. I guess parts of it kind of play out like a play would, where it's just like, and see, now here's what's going to happen. And then next, you just assume all the stuff that happens in between. But like I said, you're going to hear that stuff happening. Yep. But yeah, I, I loved how I turned it into talking about myself. No, I mean, it's it's a, it's a an interesting difference to draw. And I mean, like, I'm not a short story writer. Other Neither than, am I. I so you, it's, you know I'm not a short story well, writer. <laughs> what I mean is it's interesting to try to do it and then kind of learn the challenges of like, oh, it's hard to make <laughs> something happen in 10 pages. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want it to be about a fantasy world. They walk in, and immediately Satan's trying to kill them. Because <laughs> yeah, otherwise, there's Satan no comes. story. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we're well, to the point where the story. Oh, my God, the devil. <laughs> he literally like, wipes away parts of the world. Oh, the way, my God. <laughs> the way Narnia would work is the kids would get there, and then, like, Aslan would just walk out and be like, Hi, I'm Aslan. And then the white queen would just come up and cut his head off and be like, Come and chase me now! And it's just like, well, I guess would, we have to have an adventure now. It would be more like, hi, I'm Aslan, a metaphor for God. I it's like, and then she, she sacrifices, by the way, this is a crucifixion. And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> That's what Chronicles of Narnia will be in the style that we're doing it. Oh, my God. Just a lot of hand waving, just like screaming a lot because everything happens in 10 pages. It's just so quick. Just like, oh. Okay, man, it's going to be a long episode because we got another 20 minutes <laughs> at the least. <laughs> My story. So last time in The Legend of Emery, we start, it's it's from the journals of this guy, Samet, who wakes up in the middle of the breath without any memories of his past or anything like that. So he just wakes up in the middle and eventually he meets this woman named Magda, whose goal is to find this magical trident that can um, control monsters in order to ward away way the monsters so that she can make her own community where people are basically bettering each other because breath is more of a place where it's just like you're kind of on your own to a point but there are crews of people but it is scattered and that she believes that if we have a community if we work together that we can better 
everybody. So, um, Sam has a t- like tiny ship because he has no confidence of his own, and your ship reflects like who you are. And Magda has a bit of a bigger ship, so they go. So he agrees to go on this adventure with her to find this trident. And um, in my little montage scene, as I like to call it, they find a note that leads them to the island of Ketch, where they believe that the trident is. So we're going to start off with them on the island of Ketch looking for the trident. So this is the Legend of Emery Part Two. Jonas, um, my part. So I like I made fun of you, but I also don't have like log sprawling titles for each part. They're just going to be a single name. So the first part was Magda. The second part was Jonas. You're you're already typing notes. That's scary. Of course, I'm already typing. You're, notes, already, you're already typing notes. Otherwise, the conversation after this is going to be yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. No, but you started typing notes before I started telling the story. It's like oh god, what's happening? Why is this happening to me? Okay. Jordan, just ignore the fact that I'm typing notes. Yeah, I I will. Ketch was a small island covered in the ruins of a lost kingdom. As Magda had told me along our journey, the islands appear and disappear at their own will, so most of the island was flooded. Though it seemed that the paths that were not flooded were specifically left for us as if the island knew of our goal. As we traversed the ruins of the kingdom, we talked the whole way. Magda seemed... A bit apprehensive when it came to believing that this could be the end of her long quest. She said things like, We don't know until we hold the trident in our hands. And she kept pushing forward, not letting anything cloud her mind. But I could tell, deep down, she was excited. When we finally made it into the Castle of Ketch, Magda took the lead using her dad's journal as a guidepost. Of course me, not being too well versed in exploring ruins, managed to set off every booby trap possible. Arrows flew past our heads, I almost fell into many pits, and we had to outrun some animated skeletons. Magda said it was okay, that it was funny, but all of this kind of got to me. I had been traveling with her for so long, and I felt like I was only letting her down. She said we all learn things at our own pace, but had I truly learned anything so far? We finally made it to the throne room, and there was a large chest where a throne should be. With unimaginable excitement, Magda broke open the chest using some tools she brought from her ship and threw open the top. It was the moment we were both waiting for. I peered over the edge of the chest, and there it was. Nothing but a tightly folded piece of paper. Disappointment came crashing down on me, but Magda's will was still unwavering. Sam, do you know what this is? She said after she unfolded the paper. Um, looks like a map, I guess. I said, almost emotionless, emotionlessly, examining some of the markings on the paper. I thought we had done it, but yet, we were still so far away. Exactly! It's a map! Yeah, and? Don't you get it, Samet? This is a map! She said, almost yelling with excitement. A map of the entire breadth! Look at it! You see the way the islands are moving around on it? This way, we can track where they are going. And it has names of everything that pops up. She was right. The pictures on the map were moving around and each island or important point had a name under it. I didn't understand its magics, but it was exactly what we needed. Holy moly. I bet those names match up with the names in your dad's journal, I said, finally realizing how good of a treasure this was. Exactly. Now we can go straight to the trident, she said and begun to, and began to head back to her ship, almost skipping with joy. Once we made it back onto the Lady Hope, Ketch began to sink under the water. 
We watched the map as the bolded black details of Ketch faded to a dim gray color and began to move away from our location. We took the map below deck and began to mark up the journal based on what we could find on the map. We have finally found it. Magda's dad had left the Bolt of Elysion in what the map called the Hydra's Domain, which seemed to be moving far north of us. Magda determined it would stop and appear in the still waters of Sable. After examining the map, she let out a long breath. Years. I have been searching for years. And finally, I know exactly where it is, Samet. It's finally within our grasp. The journey is almost over. We can finally build something beautiful within the breath, she said with amazement. Her idea of the journey not being over until the trident was in her hands seemed to go out the, out the window. After a long pause, I said, Well, why should we wait any longer? Let's just go there now. Yeah, she said, jumping to her feet. We don't have to wait any longer. I'll go survey our next course, and you go grab some supplies and get your ship ready. And with that, she ran into the ran to the deck with her binoculars. I took some time gathering supplies for the journey ahead. Though it was in our grass, something told me it was not going to be an easy trip. Sammet! Magda suddenly called from above deck. Get up here now! Her voice was extremely stern, and I knew something was wrong. I rushed up to the deck and found her standing at the front, of, at the front looking towards the distance with her binoculars. I approached her and looked in the same direction she was facing. That's when I saw them. Four seemingly mingled black ships approached in the distance at great speeds. They were all flying the same banner. Pirates, Magda said sternly. Um, should we try to run? No, they are too close. If we run now, that will give them every reason to attack us. Neither of our ships are battle ready, and we will be sunk in an instant. Well, then what, what, should we, what should we do? I asked, dread starting to set in. She turned to me quickly and put her hands on my shoulders. I had never seen such a look on her face. The happy, cheery Magda was gone, completely replaced by a deadly serious Magda. She stared deep into my eyes before saying, I've dealt with these guys before. I used to sail with their leader Jonas a long time ago until he betrayed me and stole all my stuff and almost burnt down my entire ship. Listen to me, Samet. You must do everything I say. Do you understand? I nodded. Okay. They are going to surround us. I want you to give them whatever they want. Your life isn't worth losing over some simple supplies and treasures. But whatever you do, do not mention the map. Just follow my lead and everything will be okay. I nodded again. I felt like nothing I did would calm Magda. This guy Jonas seemed to have an effect on her. She stayed there at the front of the ship until the black ship surrounded the Lady Hope and boxed in the Destiny as well. Up close, the ships were completely black with red wood and metal pieces jutting out of the sides. The largest ship, which I assumed belonged to Jonas, cut us off in the front, turning its port side to ours, showing off many black cannons. From its bow hung a large white contraption that looked like an animal's bleached skull. It was made up of many pieces and had dagger-like teeth along with sinister glowing eyes. Each ship's mainsail was red with a white spiral on it. Jonas walked out and leaned on the railing, twirling a large knife. He was slender with dark skin and tightly curled black hair. His long black coat blew in the wind. Its red and white checkered lapels were the only bit of color in his outfit. 
He sat there silently for what seemed like forever, looking us up and down while brandishing an almost inhuman smile. An air of disgusting confidence surrounded him. Unlike Magda, who always seemed to inspire and encourage, Jonas gave off a diminishing and negative vibe. He seemed to suck the light right out of Magda. Maggie! He called out loudly, finally breaking the silence. I felt Magda tense up next to me. I could tell this is why she hated being called that. It's been a long time, little Maggie. She stood there, stiff as a board, looking up at him, not breaking eye contact for a second. What do you want, Jonas? She snapped back. I had never seen this Magda before. She was bitter and angry, ready for a fight. While Magda usually looked for a creative solution, this Magda seemed to leave all of that behind. Everything. I think it's time for a little resupply, don't you think, boys? <laughs> all around us, the dozens of pirates roared with laughter as they stood and manned the cannons of their large ships. Unlike Magda and I, each ship seemed to have a crew of many. We don't have much, just a few trinkets, some food, and a few supplies for surviving out here. Glad to see you're still claiming big treasures, Jonas, she said sarcastically. Oh, and did you ever manage to find that trident of yours? What's that? No? Of course not. It's been how many years? Four? Maybe five? Magda stayed silent, and the tension grew. What treasure would a tiny little girl like you ever hope to find? And what would you ever hope to do with such power? I told you, Jonas, I am going to unite the breath. Unite the breath? <laughs> the breath isn't something to be united. The breath is a wild thing that must be controlled, he said, stretching his arms out wide. And that's why I seek the trident as well. I am the breath's true roar. You'll never get the trident. You're nothing but a thug. Tell me, Maggie, what do you hope to unite? You have no followers. You are out here alone. The only one I have ever seen you with is that weakling standing next to you. You sail alone. How could you ever hope to unite anyone? Plus, look at his puny ship. What could the two of you ever hope to accomplish? You are a loner. You are pathetic. You are weak. Magda grit her teeth and unclenched her fist. I could tell he was truly getting to her. You see, he continued, I have everything it takes to rule. I have the ships, the men, the power. People listen when I speak. You are nothing compared to me. I couldn't take it anymore. Seeing him just berate Magda like that broke something in me, and I finally snapped. You're wrong, I cried. So he does speak, he sneered. What do you have to offer, little fly? My throat. Oh, God. <laughs> Why did I choose doing his you. voice like that? Why did I stick to it's it? It's a good voice. I, I like it. I think it's a really <laughs> I, I good voice. I wanted to go sinister, and I just went too sinister. Tooth and a third. No, that's cool. I like it. Magda is better than you could ever hope to be. I have seen her take out a basilisk with a slingshot, and she has even tamed a wind shark. Oh, so tough. But what kind of leader does that make her? She doesn't lead. All you have told me are things anyone is capable of. She knows the breath better than anyone else. Every ship or crew that we have crossed has looked up to her. 
All you do is spread fear, but she spreads hope to everyone we have met. She is a shining light and has inspired me to grow. I have learned how to sail and how to traverse the breath with ease. I couldn't have done any of this without her. Magda unclenched her jaw. Sam, she said, the light slowly returning to her face. She seemed surprised at what I had said. Oh, how interesting. But you are no closer to finding the trident than any of us. After we take everything you have, we will leave you here with nothing as you take another five years aimlessly wandering with only false hope under your sails. You know nothing. We already know where the trident is, I yelled back. Sam it! Magda hissed, trying to stop me, but she was far too late. I know exactly where it is. It is hidden in the Hydra's domain in the still waters of Sable, I said confidently, trying to shut Jonas up. We will get there first, and then you will see how weak you are. Oh? The still waters of Sable, is it? <laughs> I know exactly where that is, chuckled Jonas. It was then that I realized what I had just done. I led him right to the bolt of Elysion. No, Sam, Magda said, fear and sadness entering her voice. My stomach sank all the way to my toes. Jonas straightened up and gripped his knife tightly in his hand. What was your name again? Samit, was it? He said snidely, wearing a large smile on his face. I owe you. I really do. And for that little tip, here is my gift to you. Jonas drew his knife arm back and flung the knife at me with great speed. My body froze, and I couldn't move an inch. But Magda was quick. She pushed me out of the way with force and blocked the knife with her face. Blood splattered across the deck, and she let out a gut-wrenching scream. My body went limp, but my backwards momentum did not stop. I continued back until I hit the railing and flipped over the side, plummeting towards the waters below. As I fell, I heard Jonas yell, FIRE! The air filled with the sound of cannon fire as I smashed into the water. The breeze showered the water above me, causing me to swim deeper to avoid it. I only resurfaced when I found cover under a chunk of Magda's ship. I looked around hurriedly for Magda, but I could not find her through the debris and the mist of the disturbed water. That was it. I got Magda killed through my own stupidity. The cannon fire lasted for minutes until things finally were still again. Jonas's crackling laughter erupted aboard his ship, and he and the other pirates pulled away, leaving to go find the trident of Elysion. Useless! 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 I heard him say as the ships drifted off. The end. Now I'm kidding. I still have words. Done. That's it. We're done. <laughs> oh, no. But is, no, no, are no, you no, done I with this section, more. though? I saw Oh, more, okay. Actually. Sorry. <laughs> I told you. A lot, a lot of stuff was covered. Only a husk of the Lady Hope remained. All around it was floating debris. I looked around frantically until my eyes fell on the sinking statue of Gwyn, and that's when I found Magda. Her coat was caught on the fingers of the Lady Hope, barely keeping her head above the water. The left side of her face was pouring blood, and it looked like the knife had struck her in the eye. I knew I had colossally messed up, but I needed to help Magda. Navigating through the debris, I finally made it to her and pulled her off the statue. She was extremely beaten up from the cannon fire and wasn't responding to anything. I pulled her over to what was left of my ship, the Destiny. It had completely fallen apart and returned to its original dingy form, which reflected how I felt on the inside. This was all my fault. 
I tried to wake her up, but it didn't seem to be working at all. Please, please don't die. I, I can't lose you. I, I didn't mean any of this, I pleaded. My whole body was shaking. I felt completely lost. I pushed down hard on her chest out of desperation, and she finally coughed up a slew of water and blood and stirred awake. Oh God, thank you. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean- Sam, she said, looking up at me. Her left eye was all but gouged. The bleeding continued, and my heart sank deeper. Please, I, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I was only trying to... It's okay, Sam. It's okay. We're alive. It's okay. She said, reaching up to put her hand on my shoulder. At those words, I burst out sobbing. She was wrong. It wasn't okay. It wasn't going to be okay. And this was all my fault. The voices were right. I was worthless. I would always be worthless. Shh. Shh. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hours had passed. We sat there aboard my failure of a boat, mostly in silence. The day had gone and the night had rolled through. With a few matches and a broken candle, Magda walked me through how to stop the bleeding and clean her wounds. We both knew that she would never be able to see out of her left eye again. She accepted that, but wore a sad look on her face. With a needle and thread, I sewed her eyes shut forever. Our boats, along with the debris, had drifted far off from where we were attacked. Despite the drifting, we continued to sit in silence. I didn't know what to say to her, and she didn't say a word. She had opened up the magic map and had been staring at it with her one eye. I couldn't tell if she wanted to kill me or leave me, but whatever she was thinking couldn't be good. That's when the voices returned with force. You did this. You thought you were something. You thought you could be something. No, you will always be nothing. I was nothing. I got cocky. I thought that I could be strong like Magda, but that wasn't true. That could never happen. Samet was still Samet. Worthless was still worthless, no matter how hard I tried. Magda looked over at me. It was like she could tell what was going on in my head. She finally broke the silence. You don't have to beat yourself up. Everything is going to be fine. Like I said, we are alive, and our lives are more are worth more than anything else in this breath. There were very few ways we could have made it out of that in one piece, but we made it. We have each other, we have supplies, we have this map. We can still move on, she said tenderly. But, but, but I failed. What, what if, what if I, failure is a part of life, Sam. It teaches us how to be better. It doesn't mean this is the end. As she said this, a forested island slowly started to rise from beneath the waters. My boat, the husk, and the debris quietly drifted to shore. Exactly where I needed it, she said with a slight smile. The breath always had magical timing. I had been here for a while, but this place never ceased to amaze me. The destiny was scooped up by the shore. Magda stood up, moving off the boat and onto the sandy beach. She turned to me, and behind her was a thick forest illuminated by, by the rising sun. You see, I used to sail with Jonas for quite a while. I thought he was just another guy seeking adventure, but it was all a trick. He laughed at my dreams and disregarded my stories. 
Soon with him, I began to feel like I was worth nothing. You know, him robbing me and burning my ship was the best thing that could have ever happened. I was finally free of his negativity and would later meet you. I don't feel worthless around you. He helped reassure me of all the things I tell myself. I am unstoppable. I will find the bolt. You are the greatest friend I could have ever asked for, and for your friendship, I truly thank you. I let the words sink in. It warmed my heart to know that she didn't think of me as worthless, but I couldn't bring myself to say anything back. Maybe our situation wasn't so bad. What's next? I called out to her. My voice was hoarse and my throat was sore, like it is right now. <laughs> she took a step towards me, her red hair blazing in the light of the sun. We go after Jonas, and we take the bolt before he can. He probably already has it by now. I was concerned, but Magda's fire was back. Her eyes shined green and her vibrant demeanor returned. Probably not. The Stillwaters of Sable is a huge place. Even if he gets there, he still has to look for the Hydra's domain. Plus, there is no way he could avoid all the stops along the way. We know exactly where it is, and we can easily come up with a shortcut. I want it more than he does, and the breath knows that. Its magic will guide our sails, she said confidently. Her confidence was starting to rub off on me. But how? We don't even have ships, I said. She was right about getting to the island, but she had to be realistic. Her ship was gone. All we had was the debris and my tiny boat. This island has everything we need. Food, supplies, and tons of wood. We can rebuild the Lady Hope. We have the breath on our side. Her smile seemed to shine in the light of the sun. The old Magda was back. Nothing would stop her again. Not even Jonas. Thank you for what you said back there. You gave me hope, I said. You're welcome, she said, beaming. Now it's time to get back to things. Are you with me, Sam? Always. Good. It's time to start building. And that is the end of part two. Lay it on me, Cody. Okay, here we go. In order. Um, so this first one, it kind of doesn't matter, but I'm just curious. Um, you you listen to Coheed and Cambria, right? We literally talked about this multiple times on the show, and I, I have know, still I not know. listened to Coheed. What? Yeah, I, need I to thought. Get on okay. Well. Anyways, no. It's just it's just ironic. The um, uh, name of the comic book it, that the album's parallel is the Emery Wars. So every time you say it, I'm like, <laughs> is this about? I just keep thinking it's gonna be like you know, Claudio's gonna show up. Anyways. Um, so the, uh, Jonas, like the Bible or like the brothers, that's what I was typing. First of all, you it's complained Jonah from the Bible. Oh, yeah. You've shoot, done this right, twice now. You sent me a text. Bible. was like, oh yeah, the real Jonah, Jonas. I'm like, you mean Jonah? <laughs> okay. Look, it sounds similar. Anyways. Uh, I, then I made the, the note. Yeah. Montage. <laughs> yeah. Montage. <laughs> uh, and then I've been in the Triton business so long. I, I wouldn't know what to do when I found it. She's kind of starting to remind me of Inigo Montoya. <laughs> Like when you achieve your goal, it's like, well, now what? She's you know? got dreams, man. Um, Big dreams. I, I Magda, have I like a dream. the minimalist. Des- I like the minimalist description of stuff in the story. So, like, you went through like them going through a in, dungeon, like, seconds, yeah, really quick. Okay, so but that it was good. It was the like story, like my quick descriptions, like that. Mm, no, I think it's better because that's okay. not really the meat. See, because you know what that, I mean. That first like, part was I think, something I was really worried about because I do like snap, snap, snap through it so fast. I think brushing through that was really good because you could really in detail describe yeah. them fighting skeletons, but that really doesn't add much. 
Um, unless it does. Like, I think the things that you had were better than having a scene where he dodges no, arrows. Cause no. that doesn't really tell you much. Um, this, <laughs> then I wrote LOL right. national treasure. <laughs> like we found it. It's a map. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it's always another map. Um, and then I, I made the comment. His name you, is Sam. You, you did the, um, that kind of thing with um, the Janet Samet or the Samet Janet. I, love I, you I, I know. Which is the name of last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I said, LOL yeah, Marauders much. map. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, oh, and then he said, Holy moly. And I wrote, LOL. What is he? Three years old. <laughs> I wasn't just going to be like, Oh, holy shit. <laughs> just like throw that in there. It's like, now I want to keep a lighthearted tone for this. I also liked that you said that she skipped back out of the dungeon and I just imagined her like dancing on yeah, the corpses like, of dead skeletons. It's just that pretty much like, like Peter yay! Cole's descent at the beginning of Guardians skulls. of the Galaxy. It's just her is her leaving the castle. Just like puts on some music, dances on skeletons. So this was at the beginning of the pirates showing up. I kind of like the notion of pirates being there. But. I think that's appropriate. Um and then as it went, um Oh, so then this was a question that I had. Has had how much has his boat changed in your mind up to this point? Of Salmon's boat? Yeah. Um, it's gotten in my mind. I kind of said at the end the montage scene of last one, but it's kind of gotten bigger. It's now more of a sailboat this time. It's yeah. like two sails. It's a little bit bigger, not, not nearly as large as hers, but it's still like it's like something to behold at the very least. And and this is like I don't want to say it's a critique because that's not fair. No, it's like I I understand we're working with short time, so you have to omit things. But I liked the thing where his, and this is like later on, but I liked that his boat turned back into a dinghy, but it's not like gone. It just like yeah. when it got all shot to pieces, what was left is this crappy little boat. I liked that. Um, but now like having read both of my comments there at the same time, it would have been cool to see like, see what happened a before and after like yeah, a yeah. really good description before and after that I think would have been a description that's good to include. But like I said, I get we're working with such limited time. Yeah, no, it's I like that. And well, I if I knew I was, was cool. allowed to write eight pages, I would have totally wrote eight pages. Sorry, um, but I thought that I thought that inclusion though of his boat turning back into a dinghy was really cool. So I liked that a lot. Um, that's just like a part that I would have been like that actually could have been more. But you know, yeah, and I kind of play around with that in the next part. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. What like. Well, and it's it's a cool thing that I think you're working with, and and so I I enjoyed that. Um, like that being kind of like a running metaphor throughout the thing. Um, so my, my next comment was, so it's Jonas like the brother. It, it is Jonas like the brother. Well, I told you, I like Jonas as a villain name because it's kind of unassuming. You don't expect the big villain to be named Jonas. Like, yeah. Who names a, who names a villain Jonas? You can probably um, name something, but anyways, whatever. I, I was going to, but it's fine. We don't have to get into it. Um, this, this is a discussion to have off air, actually. There's something else I want to okay, talk to you cool. about. That's related to the name Jonas. Sorry. Um, like the so brothers? So was she a pirate? Like, you kind of covered this later on, but while I was, like, in the course of the story, I'm like, did we just find out she used to be a pirate? That kind of changes her. Um, The thing is, I want her to be more of an explorer, but, like, have come across him, like, individually come across him. That's why she said, oh, I thought he was just a normal guy wanting to adventure. Yeah. But he, it turned out to just be a trick. Like, so he was with the his sole plan was to completely rob her find out what she knew and then move on and she was just exploring and wanting to find someone to explore with that's one of those things that like if you were writing a novel 
I would have said would have made a good flashback, you know, like seeing her learn that Jonas is evil or yeah. like kind of ignoring, you know. Yeah, like her wake but, up one morning, smell like, you know, like oil or gas or whatever, like go to the top of her ship and Jonas is just pouring, dumping oil and about <laughs> the way things like. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> huh, well, you're supposed to stay asleep. Well, awkward. <laughs> Whoosh. Um, but. Uh. Sorry, though. Yeah, that that's one of those, again, like, short story. It's just, like, I, I understand, like, when you're working with five pages and you actually do five pages, that's, yeah. like, when I it's follow a the smart rule. thing. I always follow the rules because I'm a good boy. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a thing that makes sense to omit, but I still also want to know more about. So that's kind of a good thing that means that it's engaging enough. There's stuff that I want to know more about. He is a good uh, villain. Ooh, thank you. Um, I like him. I thought he was a good antithesis to her like talking about leadership and stuff um this is again one of those things and this is what i was talking about with mine where like in an ideal world you would show her like in inspiring people besides yeah. what's his nuts and again it was um, in a montage at the very end of the last episode. right right which i don't think is bad at all i think for what we're doing it's necessary yeah. um but i liked that there was that juxtaposition between it them. almost sounds like you're telling me to write this into a longer story no, I just I mean, I'd I be think down there are parts of it. I don't think it. I'd be able to do it, but I'd be down with it. I think for what we're doing, like, if we wanted to be really technical, we're probably picking the wrong thing to write short stories about. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> but whatever, we're doing it anyways. Oh, well. Uh, it's just there are things that, like, in my head, I'm like, ooh, I want to know more about that, you know? <laughs> and then I made the comment, oh, Sam, it is still such a sad little boy. Yeah, he's... Or no, it's, such a, it's still such a sad little sad boy. Yeah, he's a sad boy. Um, <laughs> Sam is a sad boy. And then I said, read the room, Samit. <laughs> and then I said, damn it, Samit, read the room. I think this guy is evil. <laughs> um, as he just like... Um, just straight up boards out exactly what he was yeah, not supposed right? to say. Yes. <laughs> read the room, Samit. <laughs> like, that's just all I was thinking that whole time. And I wanted to be like, this, like, I have confidence. We could do it. By the way, here's our whole plan. It's like... Okay, Jordan, <laughs> I have exactly one negative comment oh, no. for you. You ready for, it? for it's it? Pretty it's pretty brutal. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty it's gonna apart. Okay, so that scene where she gets knifed in the face, it was like a really brutal scene, except you phrased it with like a setup and a punchline that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that was the Where she's like, she blocked the knife beat with her face and i'm just like ah, I, I, ah. I did that on purpose that was uh, this is this is supposed to be sad but you you worked it a zinger <laughs> i i wanted to be like oh she blocked the knife and actually she did it with her face which isn't the best way to block a knife you don't want to like hey look at me if she had actually been dead and she had died on a zinger it would have been no way more no of I, a problem. i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna kill her i wasn't gonna kill um, her but yeah, that that was my only issue this whole time was like either you didn't realize you wrote a joke oh, no. or you wrote a joke on purpose and it I didn't does mean it undermine to be a the seriousness. Joke. I meant it to be like, uh, oh, she did it. No, she didn't. Um, it's like the Dobby the house elf moment. Yes. If then, like they had played yakety sax and he had like <laughs> danced <laughs> off the side <laughs> of the screen. Or da 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 da. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Okay, so then this is where I made the comment. I liked that it turned back into a dinghy. We already talked about that. I also liked the return of the voices. Um, I thought that was appropriate. And I also liked that she mentioned that she had heard those voices as well. Um, and also, I would say the end of the story, like that last scene, like you said, there was like kind of like montage scene, montage scene, montage scene, sort mm -hmm. of like 
throughout the story. That last scene I thought was really good. Oh. I really liked her, um, like her perspective on what was of value. Um, honestly, like thinking about Game of Thrones and why Daenerys was like a bad leader throughout the entire show, I actually think is summed up by that. That like, even when like, uh, gosh, sorry, what's her name? Miss Sandy? Uh, no, the your main character, your not main. Oh, character my main character. character. I thought you were talking about Game of Thrones still. Magda. Magna. Even when Magna Magda. had lost There's a, a D in there. Mag Magda. Like Magdalene. Oh, even Magdalene or Magda had lost a lot of potential towards achieving her goal. She still like knew what was important to her Mm -hmm. and had her goals in the right, like had her um, priorities in the right place. And I actually think that was really good to see that like she was upset by what happened. It wasn't like it didn't matter, but she also was like, well, we were being attacked by pirates. There's no way we're getting out of this unscathed. Like, yeah, that was stupid, but all in all, all in like, all, we have our lives, and like doing this, we in, have our lives in a map. That's the best we could have hoped for when when we saw pirates on the horizon. I thought that was, I thought that was a good that that scene could have been written differently, where it was like a big dramatic thing, and then they get over it. But I actually kind of liked that she had her priorities straight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, thank you. I honestly like I went for a lot of things and the things that I w- was very worried about you said were fine so no no I think like I can kind of tell some of those things for sure but I think that's good I think I think it'd be better to like lean into the, like definitely your villain is pretty like um, great villain mustache yeah he's like pretty mustache twirling but I don't think that's a bad thing especially in a story this short because I don't think you're going to take the time to, to fully explain his evilness, which is fine. To do what anime does, like show his like childhood and his backstory, how he got to yeah. this point. And they're like, no, no, he's just a pretty crappy dude who likes to He can just people. be rolling Satan. Yeah, he, That's fine. Yeah, it's like he's just an evil dude. There's no reason. He's greedy. He's gross. He's just a terrible guy. I, I, don't, I, don't, think that's, uh, I don't think that's a bad way to go at all for this. Especially if... Like, I'm guessing the conflict and the point of the story is not going to be to, like, oh, when you meet an enemy, try to understand. You know, it's going to be, like, about, like, heroically overcoming opposition, not... Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Unless he ends up being a good guy at the end. Oh, I'm no, 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 I'm not... I, I can... Spoiler, I'm not going to do the, oh, he turns into a good guy because it's, like... That doesn't happen in real life where we have the bad guy, this terrible person who's done these atrocities. We don't just have them. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to fight for you now. It's not, this is not anime. That's not how that works. <laughs> but, um, like, pretty much I pitched this story. is like I wanted to show, like, why Magda had the qualities of a leader, which those are actually a couple things that you pointed out. It was like, oh, yeah, she did this, this, and this. And I also wanted to have the growing confidence of someone who didn't have one, have like the arc of confidence. And so you'll see where that goes in the next part. So again, I'm very excited to kind of share my next part. Next week is going to be, it's going to be fun. It's a little bit different. It's not, I'm not covering as much ground as I did this, <laughs> this time, but yeah, still a lot of ground. Because, like, I have to get point A to B, point B to C, point C to D. And it's just like, I have all this to cover. I have to fit it into this. It's it's hard. It's hard, but it's, it's been fun. I actually really enjoy doing these. I, I am, too. I am very much enjoying writing, even though it might be a little rough. And I am sorry no, about no, that. No, you're right. I, I think you're writing your full is fine. <laughs> I, I really appreciate your stories. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes next because I have no clue what's going to happen with yours at all. Yeah, yeah. Um. I kind of intentionally left it on, like, the bit of a cliffhanger of them getting, like, stomped by the Kraken, and then, you know, she's going to have to pick up the pieces. I am Moana. Okay. 
No, I'm happy. Um, what do we do at the end of these episodes? Because we can't roll for anything. <laughs> do we just? I think. Do we, we just, just shake hands and say bye? Yeah, I think so. I think we just high five. Okay. High five. Yeah. It's like we're in the same room. <laughs> okay, um, so plugs, Cody. Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. We are releasing episodes for a new game system that I kind of wrote myself and kind of stole called Outlaws Wanted. It's fun. Maybe you should leave out the part wrote... where you stole it. Well, okay. Like, originally it was called Galactic Pulp, and the point of it is that the setting is a pulp, pulp of... And... Well, it's just like a mishmash of all the like sci-fi tropes that exist okay. so in that way it is lifted from all sci-fi stuff. can i come into your game and be like a cool jazz cowboy and like you know do some yes. swifty moves and freaking like you know throw people over my shoulder uh it you can it's powered by the apocalypse so the dice rolls are pretty minimalist um but i did have to write rules for ship combat after we found out we didn't know how to do ship combat so I got to make an RPG version of FTL, which I actually so, am pretty proud of. So when we're of. taking off, can I just be like, and three, two, one, let's jam? But then you have to do like the ba 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 Meanwhile, the rest of the the rest of your crew is just going to be staring at you like, and I'm just running in place. It's like, what is he doing? Is he crazy? Da, 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 da. Yeah. <clears throat> Idiot. Um, so, Wandering Gamer stuff, anything else? Uh, nope. All right. Um, well, one, I want to do a shout out to Rumor Flies. They are starting to do like a series of live shows, I think they said every month. So, you can check them out. I don't know if they're going to move to their own Twitch channel, but for right now, they are doing instant three play at twitch.tv. So, definitely check that out. Um, and then me, I've been doing a little bit more streaming since I have a little bit more free time since we're I've already written my story. So um, you can check me out something, I guess, zero, 00. I usually do Sundays from 6 to 8. Um, right now I'm playing through Bioshock Infinite and hopefully we'll have Cody on a show. Yeah, I am excited. because It's the best game. Really? One of the best games I've ever played. Well, yeah, and as far as like a game that would make sense for us to do together, that's the first game we played yes, together. Yes, that is the very first game that we sat down and like played like front uh start to finish yeah yeah that was great that was the fall yeah, break oh, that was fantastic. Uh, we just sat we sat in a conference room with a for an entire and weekend and then we sat on the porch and talked about it for like an hour yeah because it was yeah, great it's, it's fantastic it's great so yeah check me out at something i guess zero zero you can also find us on stitcher spotify um itunes as well you can find me on LinkedIn if you no, want. Not me specifically, our show. <laughs> yeah, you can find also, us on LinkedIn. Also, we're going to be hopefully doing another like live thing later with some fan fictions. So the world shop. Check out our MySpace. Okay, don't shut up. I'm ending the show. Thank you for I'm listening. Cody sucks. <laughs> um, you can check out our photo bucket and our Flickr. <laughs> along with my newly reinstated uh, Zynga page. So, this is the third ooh. time we've done this joke. Anyway. I have a live journal. Uh, do they still do live journal? I don't know. I, I, if that still exists, I'm sorry if I just insulted someone. <laughs> Someone's just like, my live journal. Anywho, check us out later. It's been a fun. Cody, say bye this time. Bye.